The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Hey, Blue. We are the Baseball Umpires Podcast for umpires by an umpire. We are more than just balls and strikes and outs and saves. Listen in for tips, rule interpretations, equipment and attire reviews, interviews with umpires of all levels, and some funny stories that might come up every time out on the baseball field. If you're new to the field as an umpire or a seasoned vet in the world of umpiring, then this is the podcast for you. Hey Blue, the Umpire Podcast is part of the 1420 Sports Bar group of podcasts on the Belly Up Network. The Hey Blue Umpire Podcast for Umpires by an Umpire. Today's the January the 22nd, 2023 on the uh, 1420 group of shows on the Belly Up Network. Today I'm joined by Tyler Malacca, a former base or fellow baseball Canada umpire, a fellow member of the, I didn't say former, he got fired or something, was breaking news, and then a fellow uh, member of the Southern Alberta Umpire Association. Today's show is brought to you by Mahler Brothers Golf and MahlerBrothersGolf.com. Use promo code 1420BROS at MahlerBrothers.com for some great golf apparel and get 10% off your purchase. Tyler, wow, that's a lot to first thing in the morning. On the <laughs> morning. How are you doing today? Well, I'm glad to hear I'm not fired yet. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I'm doing well. Uh, thank you for having me on your show. Uh, I'm a big fan of the show. I'm a little bit behind on the shows, but slowly catching up to you. Well, I, I get behind. I don't even know what I'm talking about half the time. I do some <laughs> things throughout the week. But anyways, uh, Tyler, we do a lot of games together. Uh, I, I know your background. I know the story behind it, how you got into baseball. More importantly, how you got into umpiring because it's an umpire show. Uh, why don't you let the masses know how long you've been doing this, what got you into it, and uh, what's – yeah, let's start with that. Well, I guess, really, I got into baseball at a young age. Grew up in a small town, so it allowed me to play all different types of sports. Um, but in 2016, I was playing baseball, and my coach, Bern Lamley, actually, um, thought I'd be a good umpire because I could not hit the ball at all. I could bunt and run, but I couldn't hit it, and he knew I had great hand-eye, and he just thought, hey, we need an umpire for the 11U guys, and you don't need to be certified, go give it a shot. So I did that for that year, and then came back to Lethbridge, didn't know anything about baseball down here. Uh, moved back to Three Hills and went to a baseball Alberta clinic in first year's 2018. So I went to that, worked more games in Three Hills. Uh, when I came back for school, I got an email from Mitch Ball um, asking if I wanted to umpire in Lethbridge. And ever since then, it's I've been on the ground running. Yeah, the the ghost of Mitch Ball haunts us all to this day. That's how I got back into it back in 2019. Yeah. He was hunting us all down, making sure that uh, the game was getting represented here in uh, in Lethbridge for sure because uh, they were struggling with guys for for a long time around here. And then the rest oh, yeah. is history. Uh, you started doing a lot of games once uh, you, they, they got their hooks into you in Lethbridge here. You were doing upwards of 100-plus games a year. Uh, yeah. What was the uh, benefits of doing lots of games, and what were some of the uh, the negatives maybe of doing, doing lots of games? Uh, to the benefits is I definitely met a lot of people. I've met a lot of great umpires, a lot of great players. Um, I've gained a lot of knowledge. The way I was an umpire, like when I was an umpire in 2019, that post to now, there's a huge difference. Um, some of the negatives of that, of working 100-plus games a year, is just the burnout and the fatigue. It's anytime you walk to the diamond, it's, I don't want to do this anymore. It's, 
I just want to go home and sleep. And especially when you get into the fall ball games where it's getting colder and the games aren't as good. It's just, you don't want to do it anymore, but luckily I still have that love for the game and the love of umpiring. So I'm going to continue doing it. Yeah. That's one thing that I find like even like beginning of the season or mid season where you like, once I'm, I'm there doing it, it's fine. Yeah. Like once you start putting your gear on and bullshitting with the guys in the dressing room prior to, and, and then I'm fine. But it, it's the, it's the thought of going the, both yeah. the, the 45 minutes to an hour before you're even supposed to leave. That, that's when you go, Oh man, I don't, I don't want to. Oh, do that. For, just, for me, it's for me. It's even before that. It's once I get that notification on Arbiter, Hey, somebody wants you to do a game. I'm like, really? <laughs> Come on. But then it's once I get in the car and go to the diamond, it's like, okay. Yeah, that's how I like once you once you get you're there it's okay I'll do it it's yeah. fun and, and then once the game and then once the game starts and first couple pitches you go oh, this ain't that bad and I, I don't know what I was tra- talking myself out of it uh you graduated through the ranks quite quickly by doing a lot of games and you got to do a, a lot of big tournament stuff what's uh one of the yeah. highlights from, from the, like since 2019 to right now uh, like now that we're doing the clinics and stuff and you're kind of all of a sudden you're at uh you're uh, you're still a young guy in comparison to me and Oberg but what's uh, like some of the highlights uh in your uh in your golden age Age of umpiring, I guess, already? Uh, there's a few. Um, so in 2019, actually, I worked mostly high school, American Legion, and some boxall games. Stayed in Lethbridge mostly. Um, but one of the first pitchers I saw as a plate umpire for boxall was Adam Mako. I don't know if you remember him or not, but he was the first uh, Slovakian-born player to get drafted. Yeah. And he's actually, he got drafted by Seattle, but just got traded to Toronto. Yeah, in that T Oscar trade. So that was cool. That was a good highlight of my first year in Lethbridge. But ever since then, it's just been, uh, I've worked three baseball Alberta provincials. I've been on the final game for all of them. Um, and then this past summer, 2022, is, I got the opportunity to go out to Sydney Mines, Nova Scotia for Senior Little League Canadians. And I got to work a pretty big plate game there's a last round robin game to see who gets first in the pool between Quebec and Cape Breton. It's the biggest crowd for that tournament there. And that was pretty interesting to work. And I got the opportunity to meet some great people, including um, Andrew Downs, uh, old WCBL guy, WCBL guy from here, from the Lethbridge area. Um, Ken Bradley, Kevin Mark, or, uh, there's a bunch of guys. I can't remember their names right now. But it was great to see people from all across Canada at that tournament and work those games. And I ended up working first base for the championship game. So that was pretty cool. Um, and in that same summer, I got my first year into the CCBC and the WCBL, which is the wooden bat college leagues that you and I work. And those are pretty cool. So definitely lots of highlights. Yeah, you mentioned a guy like uh, working, like you work the plate with a guy like Adam Mackle and the ball's just doing different things. The ball moves differently cool. and you see different things and you're like, oh, this, is, this isn't really what I signed up yeah. for. Uh, this is a long time ago, but the, a guy by the name of Jeremy Bonderman, he was a first overall draft pick and, or no, first, not first overall, but first round guy uh, playing for Pasco, Washington. This is back like 98, I think. Yeah, I'm that old, but uh, it was. I wasn't uh, even born yet. There was a tournament, the Sapa Johns Rue tournament down in uh, Whitefish, Columbia Falls area there, uh, American Legion, and it was a, the, the night game on a Friday night, and all of a sudden the place is kind of filling up, and I'm like, what? 
for a Legion game. Like, what the hell is going on here? And this is pre-internet. Like, this is pre-social media and the whole thing. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Why are all these people showing up for this game? Well, it turns out, because I was talking with, like, I think it was Scotty Oakawa before. Like, he, how long he's been doing the games in, in Lethbridge here. And he said, well, you don't know? I said, no. He said, well, there's this Bonderman kid is supposed to go in the first round or went in the first round. His contract Ooh. hadn't been signed or whatever. And so everybody was coming to watch him pitch. And then he was throwing like 96 at the age of 17. Like, holy Christ. Ooh. And the ball just, the way the ball just popped off his hand, it was just doing different things. So it's, it is, uh, when, when you first, when you see those, uh, that kind of pitching for the first time, it can be very, uh, uh, I don't want to say intimidating, but very eye opening. Yeah. Well, at that time, at 2019, I was 19 or 20 years old and this kid was two years younger than me. So, that was pretty intimidating for me to see yeah. Adam Matko throwing his 12-6 curveball. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy how you, you guys, you got to stay with it. And you got like, that's one thing we teach our clinic is, is just stop, stop, yeah. wait, 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 because, because uh, timing can be everything with that kind of a pitch. And all of a sudden it's a ball and you call it a ball before it's a ball and then off, oh, fuck, it's a strike. And, and you, and you, you start missing those things. Uh, WCBL, like you said, you got into it this year. Uh, you did, a, did, did lots of games. Uh, what was the highlights of that? Like what was, when you first went out there being a younger guy, who's not much older than some of the players and maybe some of the players just are the same age, right? Uh, you get out there, uh, the coaches, some of them can be a little bit rambunctious, not horrible. Like they used to be years ago, but uh, were the coaches at all? Because you're a little bit younger. Uh, how did the, how did they react to you being out there? And were there some that were, uh, helpful? Were there some that were like, Oh, who's this fucking guy? (laughs) Um, in the most part, coaches were pretty good. Now, I don't know if that was because of my age or just because of how the coaches are in general, because I don't know many of them. Um, all in all, though, yeah, all in all, it was a pretty good season. Like, I got some tips and tricks from a couple coaches. Other coaches would get mad at me, but that was just because I called a, a ball, even though it was a strike and just stuff like that. So if they got mad at me, it was, it was my fault because it was an error I made and I know I made that error, but all in all, it was, I think it was a successful first season in the league. Um, I ended up working a playoff game in Brooks. So that was interesting. Um, wasn't a close game, unfortunately, but I definitely got some calls and got some playoff experience in there as well. Yeah. That, that Okotoke team, they were a bit of a wagon powerhouse team last yeah. season. My God, they were, they, they kind of rolled through everything. I, I actually thought that Moose Jaw might take them in that final game, but it was a, a non-factor with Owen Tugboat got them down. I remember that in the, in the final game in Okotoks, but that's a, another story for yeah. another day. Uh, you're in kinesiology at the U of L and then, uh, through your, and so you're taking some things that I, that, that's way beyond my little podcast <laughs> brain and things and, and things that you study. Uh, you got approached by one of your, um, by one of your professors about writing a paper uh, about the, uh, the, the great, uh, I call it a sport of umpiring. Yeah. Uh, how did that come about? Um, well, my professors know I'm an umpire and they also know like university of Lethbridge is a big research school and they, they always talk to me about umpiring and how interesting it is to them, but there's not much research into umpiring. So they really want me to look into that. So, um, well, my professors asked me if I was looking at doing a study or an independent study on umpiring. So this is, this would allow me to not only look at umpiring, but also get university credits and help me graduate. So, um, that was really cool and really interesting. I've been talking about it for a year or two now. And yeah, 
really worked out well, actually. I was able to analyze one of the WCBL games I worked this past summer um, because they were live streamed on Home Team Live. But it was really cool to be able to analyze myself and see where I go wrong as a plate umpire and where I can improve and get university credits at the same time. But uh, I ended up analyzing a game between Brooks and Weyburn in early July. And I'm pretty sure listener viewers, Jake Lindmeyer is going to remember this game. Um, I was playing umpire game was four hours long. There's 419 pitches total. So as an umpire, a four hour long game, that's, long time but three hour I, games a long time let alone yeah, a four, yeah yeah and locked with well of course this game went to 10 innings because why not but i had to make 233 decisions that game on balls or strikes and i was really interested in knowing what my accuracy and consistency rates were because we don't have replay we don't have pitch fx we don't have pitch tractor whatever it yeah is. we don't have any of that the only feedback we get is from the teams the fans and our partners so people could say oh you did great or you did good but i was like how good or how shitty did i actually do sorry for that swear ron but oh yeah you say whatever you want <laughs> yeah um <laughs> did you so, notice he gave me shit yesterday for saying shit no i didn't oh, you, so you I might, was, no one interrupted i was, you, you I was must in, have the, been in the cage during during the course. i was i was in the cage getting beaten up yeah because he was <laughs> i said something about a coach get like to we, to our listeners, we, we, we had our Southern Alberta Umpire Association clinic yesterday, and uh, there's this one guy, Ron uh, Yoshihara. He uh, he doesn't like uh, my my language at times, and uh, yesterday I, I uttered the word shit about something. I don't even know what it was. It was such a yeah. nondescript explanation of whatever, and Ron, hey, enough of that. I'm like, okay, Ron, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't even know I said it. Whatever. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Sorry, Tyler. Yeah, so... Like I was saying, like, we don't have – so the only feedback we get really is from our partners. But I had, I wanted to know what my accuracy rates were. So luckily the prof allowed me to analyze this game. and Well, I didn't do as hot as I thought I did. but Yeah, because I, I remember that night because you were with Oberg in uh, – Brandon Oberg in, uh, in Brooks yeah. that night. And I was with Matt Benbow. We're all four of us for Southern Alberta Umpire Association guys. And we were coming back from medicine hat that night yeah and i think that i was already having a beer at mclennan's in in coldale which is about an hour and a half away uh from from lethbridge when your guys's game was just finishing and i was like holy christ what the hell yeah. happened here but after analyzing this game i can tell you it's not all my fault there's a lot of balls in the dirt and a lot of balls over my head so well i, I got completely that like, my i got fault. that written down here like there's there's times like you you there's times in 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 all leagues and and and, and for umpires if they say that, that that they don't do this and it doesn't happen there's sometimes you uh you do reach for a couple you do you do you yeah. do pull some out but there's a lot of times especially in in this league uh sometimes they play four games in five nights the pitching staffs get a little bit uh depleted and then the college teams don't want their pitchers being used that much so they're on a bit of a pitch count so um and then all all leagues all levels of baseball uh, umpires sometimes you, you reach for them but there's a lot of games you can't even reach for them that they're the pitching yeah. gets so erratic at times yeah yeah i mean so it was a four-hour game and i had to analyze this and i went back and plotted each individual pitch so i don't know how many times i've watched that game but there was not many i could grab 
but the ones I could grab, I did not. So, like, it was, yeah. But, I mean, all in all, overall, I had an accuracy rate of 85%, which for a junior umpire, I think that's all right. Yeah. Obviously not at the level of the MLB guys that are missing one pitch a game, but, I mean, 85%, I'll take that. But at the end of my study, I realized that um, bring back Jake Lindmeyer, he was right. Every time I worked a game, a Brooks game, Jake would say, hey, you need to open up your zone. You need to call higher. And he was absolutely right. That's, I noticed. One, that's one good thing that old Jake was good at. That I, I quite yeah. liked him. I, I didn't. I had a. I had a half dozen games behind the plate with uh, Brooks and whoever was going on. And Jake was always good by. Uh, that's not up. And I'd look. Yeah. Out, yeah. Whatever, Jake. I turned my head. They, he was on the third base side, and Brooks are. That's not up. I know. I know. Yep. Okay. Sorry. I didn't say. I didn't say sorry, but you kind of just uh, you look ahead because there's the ignore, acknowledge, warranty, Jack. But it, it never got even to the. Uh, to the worn stage with Jake yeah. acknowledged, but no. it was more like, all right, or else you talk to the catcher, Chance Acres, I think his name was. Like he talked to uh, him. Yeah. You, you talk to him, say, yeah, okay, tell, tell Jake, yeah. tell Jake to shut up, but yeah, I got it. Or whatever. It's one of those things. Yeah. Like it, that's the thing is that you, and I, I was like that a long time ago. And even when I got back into it in 2019, you were more hitter friendly for a reason instead of pitcher friendly. Like that's how yeah. I felt. And you, you, you wanted to give the, uh, the the hitters a chance because hit, hitting's hard. It really is. And then, like, if you uh, if you fail three out of ten times in baseball, you go to the Hall of Fame. And, yeah. And, and that's just factual. So, so maybe sometimes you, you give the the batters the benefit of the doubt, and they're and they're more in the in your ear than a um, than a, a a catcher or a pitcher is obviously because a, a a batter will say, "Is that up? Is that as high as you go? Is that as far?" Like what they always say. And, and yeah. So, so sometimes you, we we tend to give the batter's more leniency than the pitchers do, than, than you give the pitchers. And I think it's kind of got to go the other way around. And I think to a, to a man, most coaches on both sides of the ball would rather a bigger zone, one, to, to get more strikes being called, and two, to get the hitters up their swing. Yeah, exactly. And that's – I don't know if it was because my, it was my first year in the league and, I mean, some of these players are the same age as me or older than me even – but I don't know if that was influencing my game at all. But after looking at this game, I was definitely a hitter-friendly umpire that day. Like, there was 31 runs total in this game. The final score was 16 to 15. And, yeah, it was it was a rough game. But it was a learning experience for sure. And I'm glad my professor allowed me to analyze this game because it helped me realize where my zone was and help me realize that everyone else is right. I do need to open up my zone. <laughs> <laughs> like we, we, we talk about it a lot. We talk about your paper a little bit here and there when we do our clinics and all, uh, like all, all the time we talk about the, the things that you found. And the one thing yeah. that, that was interesting is that the, uh, like we all have lives, we all have jobs, we all have things going on and umpiring is not a full-time thing. Uh, although like most of us would like it to be, uh, it's yeah. just not in the books for some people. It's just not a thing. At my age, it can be a full time, a full time gig. I can't go to umpire school and and become a professional guy because they don't want guys as old as me out there. Uh, <laughs> they just don't. It's just the way things. Yeah, are, right? no, it's... Uh, and um, like maybe a, a like a a Pac twelve something like that in the future. But um, but the thing is, is that people don't understand. And this is part of your paper that that you found 
was, and that your professor found was that because this isn't our part-time job or this isn't a full-time job, we travel, we have jobs, we have lives, we have yeah. this, we, we do X amount of games uh, a week, X amount of games a year. Uh, you got other things on your mind. Life gets in the way, no matter what you got going on. Was that one thing that you really got to that piqued some interest in your own, in your own coconut was I'm tired and I'm going to make mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, Absolutely. Um, the more I talked to my professor throughout this study is he really wanted me to focus on how fatigue affected my umpiring because he knew that I had a full-time job and I umpired. Um, and it didn't really register with me until I did this study, but my schedule in the summer was crazy busy. Like I worked 7am to 4pm. And then I would drive two hours to Brooks and work a game until eleven o'clock at night. Yeah, then you so get home, work, you, and I yeah, find, then I you got a two-hour drive home. Like when, and then when you get home, like like more more so home games than like I should say home games. Umpires don't have home games, but games, games in Lethbridge, Lethbridge. like yeah. games in Lethbridge, or 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 yeah, games in Lethbridge. You get you get home and you're a little bit wired. I am personally, like I, I'm not ready to go to bed right after the game. No. You know, you're in front of X amount of people and you had a good time and, and, and your adrenaline's still going. So you're not going to bed till one, one thirty because you're, you're, you're yeah. a little bit wired up. Right. So you, you don't get the amount of sleep that you need and, and people don't understand that. Yeah. Like, I mean, for example, the day of this game, I woke up at 6 a.m. and I didn't get home until one thirty in the morning. Yeah. Like that's almost 19 hours. So that's just pure work, travel and umpiring with not much breaks in there. I mean, yeah, two hour drive to Brooks is a break, but but how much travel traveling is traveling is tiring in itself too. Yeah. Like you're not, it's not like we're sleeping. We're always talking and BS and thought yeah. after the game, especially you're talking about the game and this and that and joking with each other. And then, and then talking. <laughs> no, about there was, there wasn't many jokes. Not many, well, maybe game. some jokes thrown your way. There's, you you were, you, you weren't uh, acknowledging or whatever, but no, it's, it's one of those things. Sure, that, Brian, yeah. It's one of those things that people don't understand a lot is that especially at uh lower levels even is that like yeah. when, when parents and coaches get mad at, at amateur umpires and we, we're trying to get away from that we shouldn't focus on the negative but the negative of, of to umpiring isn't going to go away it's as old as the game is but yeah. people don't understand that um yes we're the only ones that are well i shouldn't even say we're the only ones getting paid because there's some coaches making some money off this whole deal nowadays but um, people don't understand, parents don't understand, coaches don't understand that we all have, and I'm not, I'm not playing a, a small violin here, uh, I'm not trying to beg for anything, but people don't understand that a lot of guys who are amateur umpires, they have lives and they have jobs and they have things going on. And this, and baseball is supposed to be a bit of a release and a way to make a couple extra bucks to, to supplement yeah. your income or whatever it's going to be. And when you, when you do make a mistake, you're not doing it on purpose. Sometimes you're just, your fatigue sets in and you may not feel your tire, but you just don't get to a spot. You're supposed to be, your head isn't in it because you, you and your wife had a little set too earlier on that day or whatever it may be. Uh, yeah. People don't understand that, 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 that umpires are humans too. And I, I come, like I said, I'm not crying. I'm not playing the violin and I'm not crying, but I'm just saying that people need to take a step back and go, okay. Yeah. He made a mistake and maybe something's going on in his life. Yeah. Yeah. That is one thing. Like we're, we're giving up our free time to go to a diamond and work a game. And like you said, players, if they hit 300, they're going to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Well, if, if we call 30% accuracy during a game, cool. 
We're not we getting coming back. back. Yeah, we are not coming back. We are asking for our gear. Like somebody's asking for our gear right after that game. Yeah, you're not you're like oh. <laughs> And please please don't advertise you went to our clinic over the winter months and said this is where I learned this stuff from. Please don't yeah. do that if that happens to nope. you. Um <laughs> Like the, the the WCBL season, it can be a bit of a grind the way it's set up, and the, you got to travel yeah. a little bit, and you got to go here, and you got to go there. Like we go to Medicine Hat and Brooks and and Lethbridge, and you're doing games, and you got Legion games. It's a it's a bit of a grind on a daily basis. On that note, um, what's one of the things that you would uh, I mean other than doing less games if we had more umpires, which I think we do have a few more in our area? Is that one thing? Is maybe do not is taking a step back from from some of the games you do? and not do so many games, is, is that something you're thinking about for next year? There is one thing I'm thinking about, but then, like, I know myself, it's once I get once I get a game assignment, I never say no. It's if somebody wants me to work a game, I'll go do it. But I think with the WCBL and other leagues is if I could work less games and go to the Diamond and Mentor, that'd be great. Like, doing 140 games a year, it's a lot, and it just you get in bad habits. So if I can do less games and develop better habits, that would be fantastic. But like you said, we definitely need more umpires in this area, and I think the teams just play too many games. Yeah, like 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 I so said, I hope we're, we're training some guys that can step up a little bit around here. I think we are. We got some guys that are, really, are getting a lot yeah. better already, just from what we've seen, just from their plate work the last couple of weeks, and. And the things that now, now that we're getting into the closer season happening, uh, is there some things that you yourself, other than maybe opening up your zone, zone a little bit, is there some other? No, I mean we're we're all there at times. No, it's, yeah, yeah, it's just uh, is there is there some other things that you know yourself uh, as a like I mean, you're, you've only been doing this for six years, right? Like it's yeah. not like you've been doing it for a long time, and then and then to go, to go from you know doing U eleven to WCBL games and then CCBC games in, in that short period of time. It's, it's pretty, it's remarkable. Like I had blaze on the show a few weeks ago and I said, if, and, and we had this, the same conversation that if, if you're interested in it and you, you show some enthusiasm towards it, you can, you can advance at a pretty decent pace. If you, if you're good, uh, is there some other things that you, that you want to work on uh, before the season starts and then before, and then we get into the, the uh, the, uh, the the JV games and then into the CCBC games. Are there some things that you know you need to work on a little bit? Uh, I definitely need to work on my rule interpretations. Um, I think I've been focusing on the on the mechanics, which is important. But I think I've been focusing on the mechanics a little too much. I think I need to sit down and read through the rule book and know how to properly apply the rules in games for those rare instances where you have interference or obstruction or anything like that. So I think that's one thing. And then another thing is I need to learn how to say no to some of these teams and reduce the number of games and get more guys out there. Well, that's one thing that I noticed, not just with you, but with some other guys as well around, well, everywhere is that like you, yeah. you, you end up doing a lot of games that your, your strike zone goes from this to that and this to that. And, and that can really screw up your, your own system and how you do things because let's like uh, the rule book states that this is a strike zone is, but different levels have different strike yeah. zones. There's no getting around that. Like it's just what yeah. it is. Right. And so if you're going from one league to another, to another, like just from high school baseball to Legion baseball, it's two different, two different strike zones, same age of kids, but it's just a different strike zone because the level yeah. of play is what it is. And, and so jumping from league to league can definitely be a, uh, a situation for sure with that. 
Yeah. Yeah. I definitely need to say no to, I mean, I don't mind doing games. Like I'll work any level you want me to, but yeah, I'm the same way. I don't care. I'll I need to learn how to stay no to some of these games and look at my schedule more because there are some instances last year where I would go work a little league game, like 10, 11 year olds do a plate the next night. I'm doing a plate at Spitz stadium for the bulls. So yeah. I'm going from little league, the youngest you can do to the oldest we have in South Southern Alberta. And my strike zone was horrendous. Like, I'm pretty sure if I called a Little League strike zone for the Lethbridge Bulls, I would set the record for ejections in a season. Well, what's what's funny is is that even though, like, your your, your strike zone's this or that, you, you seem to get yelled at by 10, 11-year-old fans more than you do at a Bulls game. It's, it's quite funny yeah. the way that it works out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely insane how people don't realize that, that there's such a, a lack of guys and then we go out and we're doing a lot of different games here and there. And a lot, actually, a lot of people, people don't even realize that the same umpire doing their, their, their kids' little league game is the same umpire doing a, a Leopards Bulls game or a Mess Hat Mavericks yeah. game or a whatever league right, right across North America. It's a lot of times it's the same guys doing it. There's, there's one, I can't remember what podcast it was on, but the, the, uh, Ron Shuchuk, the, the baseball Canada guru. He uh, yeah. he he talked about it uh, on a show that he was on that uh, he only does one like the one league a year to stay away from that. Um, but Ron's a little bit older and he's got that kind of yeah. role and, and everything. He's else. got that. He's, he's got, got that, that international pole. experience. Right. So, but Ron said like I only do this league and you can guarantee you I will do the best I can on a nightly basis. This is my zone and this is what it is because. Uh, he just does the WCBL or whatever league he's going to be doing next year. That's uh, still up in the air, I heard. But um, that's a, that, that's a benefit to him. And if you have a guy, guys who can who can just stick to one league, they'll probably probably be, be better. Yeah, no, and that's I 100% agree with that. Just we got it seems like we got a new league popping up every other week down here. Yeah, and count with that comes less and less umpires. Like. I wish I could only focus on one league at a time, but unfortunately, our numbers yeah, that, doesn't like really I, allow I think, that. Like, like we're getting more and more guys out, more guys who seem to have an enthusiasm yeah. for it now. And I, I think it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, a pat in the back for the, the four or five of us who are, who are trying to get this thing going again here. Because uh, we've got some guys, I think, that can jump up to another level for sure, and they're getting better, obviously. And, and I think that's it. But it's, the thing is, it's repetition, knowing the rules, yeah. get getting, and then getting. Uh, that fire in your belly to go out and do it, and and, get, yeah. and and trying to just say, okay, if I go out there, I have the confidence to not uh, get barked at, to not, and then be able to handle the situation differently. Because I think what we're doing about how to to be assertive but not aggressive, and then giving guys the confidence and, and the the skills that they need, um, I think that co- that comes in handy for these 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 uh, less experienced guys. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think our clinics. Everyone that's going for a fucking clinic, but whatever. It's like, yeah. No, but um, I mean, it would be great to have more people come out. The more the merrier. But I think with our clinics, the people that have been coming out on a regular basis, their confidence levels have skyrocketed. Their performance levels have increased tremendously. And I think the biggest thing is just taking that confidence they have in the clinics and applying it to in game, like on field. So I'm really excited for the JV, the JV season to start, get these guys on the field to see if that confidence level translates. Because yeah. if it does, then oof, that's a good sign for us and good sign for them. 
Yeah, different people in, in other areas that listen to the, the Hey Blue Umpire podcast, they uh, they mentioned, they, they, they at me, I guess it's called. I don't know what you crazy kids yeah. are nowadays, but they uh, they get back to me. And because I say, go to a clinic, make sure you're getting yourself ready to go because we, no one else is going to get, get you ready to do it. So if you're, yeah. if you're, if you're, if you got an area that has a clinic, get out there and take it and take the time to do it. Like ours is, is two hours every other week. And, and yeah. it, like I know just me doing it. Uh, me being a being a part of the teaching thing last week when I when we 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 took pitches for the first time in in X amount of months I was better because I, yeah. I I heard my own, my own voice while we were <laughs> while I was taking pitches on the rubber set head height do this do that and just things that you that we we repetition and say all the time watch the ball ball on a runner ball on a runner like all the things that we say all the time yeah that was in my own my own ear as I was taking some pitches for the first time, like I said, in three or four months, it, 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 it get out there and don't, no matter what level you're at, I think you got to get out there and take some pitches. Cause you, you're, you don't want to be going out there the very first uh, pitch of the season and seeing like a, like you said, an Adam Mako 12 sticks and calling a, a speed ball in the very first pitch. Yeah. Of the game. yeah. It's like we have, we have the advantage, I guess, because um, Todd Hupka Prairie baseball has been very generous and has allowed us to use his facilities for his, our clinics and allowed us to come out and see bullpens. But if you're, if you're a listener and you're not from the Lethbridge area, I would say reach out to the teams you umpire and see if they're having a bullpen session. See if you can get behind the plate there and see some pitches. It'll be a, it's an opportunity to get some practice in before the season starts and build that rapport with the teams. So like prayer where players can practice, coaches practice. Why can't umpires? Yeah, we don't get practice. Like we don't. No. And and, and, the, th- and the thing is, yeah. is they expect us to be perfect all the time. We don't get yeah, practice. They ex- yeah, they expect us to take six months off in the winter, come back and call a perfect game. Yeah. Like for free. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah, it's it's it is so. crazy. But yeah, like you like you're saying, reaching out to coach. I saw I uh I was talking to a coach last night and I hope he remembers this. He was uh Couple of beers deep last night, and he's having a good time. He usually doesn't say shit if his mouth's full of it, but uh, anyways, he said, "Yeah, next week they're start they're starting their uh, their their throwing program uh, for the younger levels for the for yeah. the eighteen or seventeen or six. I don't even know. I they, it all it's it's all a lot for yeah, me. Yeah, but yeah, uh, it's they're starting their throwing program inside uh, with live hitting. So we're gonna get some some of our our younger uh, our younger students in there to see nice. some pitches because it can only help." I mean, oh, and, yeah, and, it's, and it's a non-pressure situation where people can see some pitches, and if they miss it, they miss it. It does. It does. Doesn't affect anything. Yeah. They they can take take the videos that we're that we're taking, and they can take a look at it and go, okay, I can do this, I can do that. And and I think that if when people go out there and they're having, they're not getting barked at for missing calls because, like you said, you missed some that night, and I missed some some nights, and that, like yep. this happens, and you get barked at a little bit. The less you get barked at, the more you're going to want to come out again. Exactly. So, so by being prepared to, to go out and do it, I think it's only beneficial to, to to do that, not only for yourself, but for your your fellow umpires. Yeah, and it translates that it translates that confidence. It's if you build that confidence when you're not getting barked at, like in clinics or in a bullpen session with the teams, you have a higher confidence when you're stepping out onto the field for that first first yeah. game of the year. And confidence that's a huge part in our in our job. As umpires, it's if you're not confident in one of the calls or any of the calls you make, it's you're gonna have a rough day. Well, that's what we we try to bark at at, at our guys uh, on a daily basis is, or weekly basis when we're out there is be assertive, 
be confident, yeah. be crisp, but make sure, like, if you, even if the call's wrong, make sure you be look confident. like you got it right because that'll get you away from a lot of trouble. Yeah. So if you're going, I think that's a strike, and then, uh, like, oh, no, here we go. And it puts an extra strain on your partner because all of a sudden he's putting out fires uh, that he should he shouldn't even be involved in. And it's it's shitty that coaches are like that and the parents are like that, and we're not yeah. going to get into the negatives of it. But it, it's going to happen, and it's getting better. And it's not as bad as everybody says it is. Like it is, it's bad enough, but it's not as bad as people think it is. But having enough guys out there that are confident in what they're doing is it's a huge benefit for everybody on the field. Well, absolutely. Um, you all have confidence in anything you do nowadays. Like if you don't have confidence in what you're doing, I'm sorry. Why are you doing it? Like it's confidence is a huge thing in daily life and especially in umpiring where you gotta have confidence not only in the call you made but you gotta have confidence in yourself for being there like i don't know if that makes sense but yeah no it's, it, it, it all like i've talked about it ad nauseum like you, you gotta go out there you gotta look the part is number one and if you go out there looking like a schlub you'll get treated like a schlub so if you go out yeah. there with your with your with your pants pressed and your shirt to not wrinkled and the, your, your, your shoes i'm not saying Shining like the top of the Chrysler building, but your shoes, your shoes looking good and everything else, and your hats, yeah. your hats in good shape. You'll get treated with better, more respect than, than you will if you're going out with your shirt untucked the whole bit. So that 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 first bit of it is 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 the biggest part because if you if you look like a schlub, you get treated like a schlub, and that's one thing exactly. that has to happen. And there is a cost involved in it. Else, we're trying to fix some things up with some different associations, how we can make it all work. But that's the biggest thing. Let's get to some. Let's get some fun stuff. But that's uh, I, I ask all the umpires I have on the, the Hey Blue, uh, the Hey Blue show. Uh, let's start with the positives first. So, what's the best yeah. call you ever made? Oh, um, I would say in Nova Scotia, there at a plate game I worked between Quebec and Cape Breton. I had a interference call at the plate, or an instruction call at the yeah. plate, which led to one of the leading runs coming in and i mean the fans didn't like it but i looked back at the video and i was 100 percent right on that call so that was one of the best calls i made that's when when, when you know what and then like and then when you explain it to people or people afterwards say, say hey man that was a good call and, and when they finally understand what it was like that that's a bit of a uh, pat in the back and you start you kind of start like a, yeah. talk a little bit afterwards you go yeah fucking right i nailed this one like it's something i've been I, i'm trained to do and I'm, I'm supposed to do and i got it right and there, there's no question when it's all said and done and, and if it makes the paper everybody's like all right well this is this was the call and it was right like it's it's yeah. that's one of the, the the good things uh let's get on the the uh, alternate side Worst call you ever made? Um, oh, there's too many. <laughs> there's not. But uh, I think this year, I forget when it was, but it was a WCBL. And I think it was a left-handed batter slider on the outside part of the plate. It was like five feet off. Catcher didn't even catch it, and I called it a strike. Uh-oh. Yeah. Even the, the video board at Spitz said, like, was making fun of me. And it was a Bulls game. I was like, I didn't oh, know that. oh, yeah. I think you might have been in Brooks or oh, Red Hat or had an off night, but yeah, it was bad. <laughs> the batter looked back at me and said, what the hell was that? I was like, shut up. I know I fucked up. Just look forward. Just yeah. swing the bat. The old timing thing might have got the best of you there. Yeah. Yeah. The old yeah. Timing and I think, it, I think that was another long game I had because my zone was too small and I was, I was over it. I just wanted to leave. 
Yeah, it's it's, it's it gets tough at times. Like I said, like it, it is tough, and like you're at, you're at a young age, you're still, and you're like, I mean, we're all still learning and everything else. And sometimes it's the uh, it's that eight six to eight inch between your ears that can can uh, hurt you a little bit more than anything. Like even no yeah. matter how confident you, you you are in yourself, there's some nights you just don't got. And I I've had nights like that where I got to open things up. Um, there was once one game, uh, Edmonton was playing. I can't remember who they were playing, and the umpire. Uh, he was having a bit of a, he was having a bit of a zone that was, it wasn't you and I won't mention his name. Um, uh, I, no, I, I talked to him after the game about it. And yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. I get it. Um, but Jordan Blundell, he's like, Jesus, Brent, what's with this guy? I saw maybe I'll, yeah, I'll go in between innings. Maybe he's no, no, don't go say it works. It'll really, it'll really screw him up between the ears and he'll start yeah. pulling things that are way too big. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's something that I learned that, that night was maybe just keep your mouth shut as a partner, as a, a crew chief or whatever. Sometimes you just got to let it happen and let, let, let the game take care of itself. Cause in general, 90% of the games we do, they take care of themselves. Yeah. Like, they, they do. There's outs and safes and balls and strikes and the, the odd balk and uh, maybe this or that. And ball goes out of play, but in general, the games take care of themselves. And it's, it's funny how people get so amped up about things that we had nothing to do with. And, yeah. and, I, and I, I had this conversation with, uh, like, he, like with Todd Hubka last week. I said, if you leave it in the umpire's hands, that's on you guys, man. Like, yeah, he goes, exactly. yeah. like he, he says, I said, like, yeah, if it's a, if it's a bad call at the end of a game where the guy was, the guy was out, we should have called him safe. Okay. I'll give you that one. But if something happened in the third inning where you think I screwed you, but the rest of the game ended up three, two or two, one or one, nothing. Yeah. You couldn't put push a run across. That's not on me. Like, you know, it's, it's quite funny how they, they, uh, when you point one finger, there's always four more point back at you, whatever they say. Right. So it yeah. is, uh, it, it is quite funny that way. Uh, t- t- uh, let's talk about our clinic a little bit. We, we talked about it, uh, yeah. on and off it's a bit of a commercial for the Southern Alberta Vampire <laughs> Association today. But, uh, what are some of the things that you've noticed, uh, with the guys who've been coming out since day one? We started, I think, back in late September, early October. We started doing these things every other week. What's some of the things that maybe you're the most proud of? Of, uh, of doing it every two weeks for starters? Um, I'm proud of the confidence that these guys are building, um, especially Dan and Asa. Yeah. Their confidence levels have risen tremendously. Um, they seem more confident behind the plate. They're recognizing the mistakes they're making if they do make a mistake. And I can just see that passion for baseball just building with them. And it's great. Um, and even with the newer guys that we get coming out, it's by the start, by the end of the clinic, after an hour and a half or two hours, they're recognizing mistakes they're making, and that's good. Like when you can recognize a mistake, that means you're learning. So I think that's the biggest thing I love seeing in our clinics. Yeah, I was mentioning it's that just, to uh, like every week. Deanna, uh, we, yeah, how was your day? We talk about the clinic and this and that, and uh, and that's the one thing that I really really like is that when a kid who is on maybe his first day uh, or his second time out, and they're they're uh, when we do uh, on the rubber set, call it to start every, every clinic. So we, we review your, your plate stance and your timing and that yeah. every week. And there's kids who are on their second or third time out. They, they, they're doing it already. Whether they're going home and practicing, I have no idea, but they're yeah. already recognizing their mistakes. And like you said, when they're, when they're getting things, when they're mid, mid, uh, mechanic or whatever, and you go, Hey, and they go, Oh, yeah. And they, they, and, yeah. they, and they get it. Right. And then that you say little things to them, they go, yeah, yeah, forgot, got it, got it, got it, and then it's it's done. 
And repetition is, is so important and doing it over and over again. That's one of the things that I'm most proud of, of these guys that we got coming out and, and the way we've been teaching this. It's, it's turned out really well. And I think we're, we're actually producing some umpires here in Southern Alberta. So it's a, it's a good thing. Yeah. Like it, it can't hurt baseball. Yeah. And like out of all the clinics I've attended, I'd say this one is the one where I've seen the most growth of umpires where people are really starting to understand the mechanics, the proper ways, to, like proper places to stand how to make a call and just the confidence building. I think so this would take a while, but I think every clinic should mimic what we're doing and especially what you're doing because you're, you've taken a huge lead in teaching these clinics. Oh, it's, I, I love it. Like I, I have yeah. a great time doing no, it. I love it too. I, I'm, I'm learning, like I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm relearning things that maybe I forget at times to go yeah. out there and do. Cause I, I have, I was in pro school 25 years ago. Jeez, I'm fucking old man. Uh, 26 years ago, actually 26 years ago, this month, actually, I was in it 1997. Golly. Yeah, I was uh, not even born yet. No, no. Thanks for, thanks for uh, mentioning that. No, you're welcome. Uh, we talked yesterday a little bit about uh, what your future plans are, Tyler. Uh, you maybe have some pro aspirations going to pro school. What's your thoughts on what's your, what's your plans moving forward with this, uh, the umpiring game? Yeah, well, right now it's just doing any games I can at any level and learning as much as I can. Um, I graduate from the University of Lethbridge in April with a bachelor's of science in kinesiology. And then the hunt for a job begins. But other than that, um, I'm thinking about attending a umpire school, whether it be a MLB umpire school or Wendelstead or any other number of schools and potentially. But basically, if I go to that school, it's if I get a job out of it, great. If I become a minor league umpire, great. If not, it's the chance to build more connections and meet new people and possibly find a job elsewhere. So at this point, it's just taking what life gives to me and playing it all by ear. No, that's but, one of the good things about uh, how things are nowadays, how you can uh, just, you can reach out like after you get done a game and after you get done, done your season with, with fellow umpires, you can connect on, on, uh, cause all not now is you need to do that back compared to when I was a, uh, your age, there, there were, there wasn't cell phones where you just exchange numbers yeah. and, and hope and everything else. And there wasn't Twitter and Facebook where you, you hit a, hit a button and can find someone, someone right across the world and you can connect with them. Uh, it was a lot different, but nowadays you can, you can market yourself a little bit and you can get it, get a chance to get out there and do some games. And, and if you meet somebody great, you no, know, like there's a few people that I'm still in touch with from when I went to the, the Evans school in 97, like we're still on Facebook and, I don't want to say Facebook friends because it makes me sound like I'm 12, but uh, there there are ways to market yourself. There are ways to to network with uh, going to a, a pro school or to a different camp or something. It, it can't it can't do any harm, you know. No, a couple of bucks here or there, whatever. It's not like you're gonna whatever money you have in the bank is not going to be what you go to, go to your grave with. So it, it it's you and you're young enough now, and you're and I think you're good enough where you could, if you go to school, you can give yourself a chance. And if you don't get it, get a shot. Uh, you you're going to improve as an umpire. There's no getting around that. Yeah, there's can never go wrong with improvement. So, like, I'm 23 right now, and like Perfect I said, age. yeah, yeah, like 23 years old. I mean, I'll be 24 by the time I go to umpire school. But if I go and get a job, like I said, fantastic. I have no problem doing that. But it's all about building connections, and the more people you know, the more opportunities open up. Yeah, and through baseball, I've met a lot of great people. I've I mean, I couldn't go out to Nova Scotia if I didn't work games and build connections and network with people. 
same thing. If I didn't, if I didn't network, I wouldn't be a CCBC and WCBL umpire right now. Yeah, that's one thing that I've noticed since I got back to it in, in 2019 is I haven't met, I don't want to say any shitty people because they're, they're, still, <laughs> they're shitty peoples in all walks of, walks of life, but I yeah. haven't met many. Like, and cause that, and that's what's confusing to me about all these horror stories that you hear on a daily basis about, about minor sports. It's maybe, maybe it's my, my attitude towards people a little bit older now. And I don't really, uh, I don't give a hill of beans what people think about me. And if I make a, a bad call, I kind of, I can shrug it off or if I make a great call, I don't, I don't yeah. go and look for a pat in the back. Uh, but I, I haven't met a ton of, of people that I wouldn't no. spill a beer with afterwards. Yeah. Like, exactly. Same with me. It's the coaches that have yelled at me or I've ejected or anything like that. It's on the diamond. They're like that, but that's in the part of the game. That's just adrenaline rushing. That's the will to win after the game. They'll come in and have a beer with us in the dressing room and have a laugh and smile. Yeah. Hey, yeah maybe I was wrong. Wait, what did you see there? And you can have a talk about it. Yeah. I, I think that's important is that if there, if there is, Maybe so many umpires they, they become red asses, and that's one thing we we really teach at our our clinic is don't be aggressive, but be assertive. Don't yeah. be aggressive because it doesn't do anybody any good, and that that, that just goes with life in general. Is to, to don't be aggressive, and if if there is a, a situation, try to try to talk it down, and then afterwards maybe discuss what happened. I'm not saying if a guy is is uh, trying to hunt you down and kill you to try to calm it down, but because sometimes in those situations silence is golden. But it's it's important to uh, just. To just cooler heads always prevail, right? Like, and just maybe yeah. talk it out and say, okay, what did you see there? What did, what, what, what did I see there? Here's what, here's what happened. Write it down. Talk to your partners a little bit because sometimes you, you don't see the forest through the trees in those situations. Yeah. And like you said earlier in the show, it's where our day affects or could affect our ability to call a game because we went through something with our wife, girlfriend, or something happened at work. Same thing with the coaches and players. We don't know what happens in their personal life before the game. And 100%. Sometimes that game is just an outlet. And they don't really mean what they're saying. So if you treat everybody with respect and be, friend, be friendly with them, just not best of friends yeah, don't exchange, the game. Don't, don't exchange Facebook yeah. accounts at, at the home plate meeting and Instagram likes and shares yeah. and stuff. But yeah, there's a way you, you can go about doing it. And, and to, to, yeah. to start off shitty, because that's what it was like 20, 30 years ago, games would start off pretty shitty before the game cool. even started. Like it was a, it was a war zone that back then with some pretty like, and uh, Blair Kubis, that could be listening. So I'm not saying you, but uh, uh, there were some guys that like, you were like, Oh man, this guy, you know, like he, it was like, they were kicked. They came out in army fatigues. I think that was Rambo versus the world. Cool. And it, it's not that way anymore. And you do yeah. talk to guys in home plate meetings and there is the odd conversation what you have. And you can see that some coaches, before it even starts, they're a little defeated and a little revved up because of uh, parent situations. Because they have they have twenty five different sets of parents barking in their ears uh, and different things that are happening throughout the day before the game even starts, and they come out a little bit revved up and and you have to read the room a little bit before the game even yeah. starts. Yeah, like at the lower levels, you're dealing you got coaches that are dealing with parents, and then at the higher levels like CCBC and WCBL, yeah, coaches that are fighting for a job for the next season. Yeah. Yeah, coaches and players fighting to stay on the team. Like, yeah. you don't know what's going on in their personal lives that are making them act the way they are. So it's just I'd say treat everybody with respect, and your game's going to go hell of a lot smoother. Yeah, well, it went right, right away here, Tyler. But the, I think the biggest thing is learn to ignore. Yeah, 
even before you a, a lot even before you acknowledge like this okay man you're mad you're gonna forget about it in five minutes right yeah, exactly like you're, you're like, going to forget about it it doesn't like you sometimes you're just yelling for the sake of yelling and i whatever i don't care like it's yeah it's 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 funny there are times where you have to do you have to uh calm the situation down because it can be complete mayhem and it's crazy did you have any ejections like how many did you did you have last year one and it was dash chance wheatley oh yeah yeah i remember yeah. that story yeah 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 canada yeah. wasn't it no uh no i should have had some of canada today though um there's a whole report on that but it was early in the season i think it was my third wcbl game yeah and i was the third base umpire working with a couple guys from calgary uh bulls doubleheader yeah short ground ball to shortstop runner on first shortstop took a sweet time touching second base no runners got out yeah chance didn't like it but to this day i have he was probably to this day well i haven't gone back and watched the video but to this day i think it's just jay's game was on and people just wanted to go watch jay's game get out of here and see you later yeah well, uh, thanks for coming on the show, the Hey Blue Umpire Show. I uh, greatly appreciate you. I know you're a busy guy. you got lots going on, uh, baseball-wise and school-wise and everything else, but you took a, an hour out of your day. Jeez, that, that hour went by pretty quick. That was good. Anyways, wow. the, the Hey Blue uh, uh, Umpire Podcast, for an umpire, by an umpire, brought to you by Collectible Exchange and CollectibleExchange.com. Use promo code CX, no, 142CX, CollectibleExchange.com today and get 10% off your first purchase. Have a good day, uh, Tyler. We'll talk to you again on, well, we talk throughout the week all, all the time. We'll see yeah. you weekend at the clinic. All right. Thanks you for having me on. Okay, Matt. Talk to you. All right.